And I also believe that mobile payment comes with a lot of advantages for society as it is very simple and very convenient. The question is, are there disadvantages? Yes, there's one industry that is heavily negatively impacted. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Niemenau guys and welcome to the next episode of the Dragonfolio China podcast. My name is Eric and today it is all about money and all about how do Chinese actually pay for their commodities, for their daily goods, how do Chinese pay when they do online shopping and how does this heavily influence the entire infrastructure and environment. The way we pay is, I think says a lot about our consumption behavior and therefore also about our life at the end and about our culture. And of course, this is also highly related nowadays to technology and our attitude that we have towards technology. And China is quite different here from Western countries. And it is super interesting to have a look at the differences and of course see where are we and is there perhaps some influence from China? Are there some correlations How does the future also look like in the West? And is there some kind of process that says in the future we're all going to use the same or is it still very differently? And so first let's have a look on how the payment basically developed throughout the last decades. And just like many other countries, China used to be a very cash-based economy And yeah, the, the payment methods even in the 90s look pretty much the same like, you know, in the past thousand years. And it didn't really change much, although there were a few attempts to change the environment with offering first bank cards and so on. But it didn't really succeed. So China was basically a cash country until the beginning of the century. And what happened then is that China established a alternative to cash payment and also a alternative to the so far very US dominated transaction networks of MasterCard and Visa. And even though it wasn't such a big deal in China actually, there's still an interesting fact and that is that this company became the largest card payment organization in the world. This company was larger in terms of payment transactions than Visa and MasterCard. That's very interesting. What's this company? You might have heard of it, it's called Union Pay. Around 45% of all cards that are in circulation globally are from Union Pay, and only about 20% each for Visa and MasterCard. And uh, yeah, Visa and MasterCard are accepted in some places in China, more like in the bigger cities at some shops, but it is very uncommon to pay with Visa, MasterCard, American Express, but even with their own union pay cards. The union pay credit cards are still a niche payment and never got really popular. So in 2013, China was still a largely cash-based society. And then there was a huge change. And um, also for this, we have to look back first to the beginning of the century, because 
there was a very important event. Well, actually, it's two events. So first, there was basically the birth of mobile phones about 20 years ago. And China basically skipped the land phone. So they directly embraced mobile phones and also much faster than in the West. So they used mobile phones already for a lot of things. Later, they became basically smartphones, right? And the second thing is the e-commerce revolution. And a leading player here was Alibaba, which is one of the most valuable companies in China right now. And what happened is they actually developed a e-commerce platform because they had a need to sell their products and they wanted to offer an integrated solution. You can imagine this a bit like PayPal. Actually, eBay also acquired PayPal just to have their own, you know, integrated financial service payment system. And Alibaba did the same and developed Alipay, which was basically only for merchants and for buyers on Taobao and later Tmall and so on. So they are e-commerce platforms. This happened, I think, around 2004. But this is more to facilitate online. It's the it's the e-commerce. It's not m-commerce necessarily. And I mean, we use PayPal as well, but do you use it to pay somewhere except for online shopping? No, normally not. You will not go to a shop normally and pay with PayPal. It's possible, but it's not common. And so what happened afterwards, and that was actually the big revolution, which you only saw in China and not in Western countries. And that was basically the QR code based systems. So Alipay also developed a system an application where you can read and scan QR codes very easily and later there was another company joining the game and that was WeChat. WeChat is an application of Tencent that's also one of the largest and most valuable companies in China and they had a similar application to Alipay. But still I mean all this was pretty much for online shopping and so on so People did not really care too much. And then there was one big game-changing event, and that took place in early 2014. In the beginning of every year, normally in January or February, there's a big event called Chinese New Year. Some of you, of course, might have heard of it. And the interesting thing here is that traditionally, during Chinese New Year, people exchange so-called Hongbaos, which literally means red envelopes, and yeah, there there's just some paper envelopes where you put in money. Normally, the elderly give it to the children, some some pocket money as a gift, and so on. Has a long tradition. And Tencent did a extremely smart move here. I think it was more like a campaign. It was not really. I think they didn't really know about the outcome and that it is such a game changer for mobile payment. But they launched this campaign eventually and offered digital Hongbao. So you could just go to your WeChat app. So WeChat is the chatting app number one in China. Before you had some other ones as well. But WeChat became also more popular with this. So you could simply send a digital envelope to friends, to family. Of course, there are some additional features which made it more fun and more attractive to use them. And then a lot of people started to just send Hongbao, so they used digital money. And this was a huge success. That was an absolute 
breakthrough in this spring festival season. And yeah, what can I say? Afterwards, everyone pretty much used WeChat or Alipay to pay because they were so convinced by the concept, they thought it's so convenient, why only using it during Chinese New Year? I would say within two years, the entire environment in China switched pretty much to mobile payment, especially the younger people. Older people, not really yet, but those people who had a smartphone anyway, a lot of them switched to it. And nowadays, you can say that WeChat and Alipay, I think they control around 90% at least of the mobile payment in China. The rest is from some smartphone manufacturers like Huawei or Xiaomi. They have their own applications, but it's not really comparable at all. And you can say that WeChat is a bit more for daily transactions. So if I exchange money with my friends, let's say we go for food and afterwards we share the bill, I would definitely use WeChat. And Alipay is still more a bit for online shopping, but theoretically, yeah, it's quite um, convertible. And most shops, and that's the interesting thing, most shops, they simply print out this QR code, just pin it on the wall, and then if you pay, you just scan it and you send the money. That's how it works. And that's a very awesome solution because every street vendor can do that. It, Well, it's only the cost of the paper, basically. That's it. It's super convenient. And as I speak, WeChat and Alipay are used for almost everything. China became cashless. You pay your taxi ride, you pay your food, you pay your train ticket, you pay your study fees, you pay your rent, you pay everything by these apps nowadays. And to make it clear again what happened here, this is some kind of leapfrogging. What is leapfrogging? Leapfrogging is if you skip a technology. So China never really adapted credit cards and used them very broadly. They went right to the next technology, which is mobile payment. And I also believe that mobile payment comes with a lot of advantages for society as it is very simple and very convenient. The question is, are there disadvantages? Yes, there's one industry that is heavily negatively impacted. And that is the pickpocket industry. Because it is so difficult now to steal money from people because Chinese basically leave the house without any cash. So it became super unattractive. And it's the same with shops. If you want to go to a shop and rob their money, chances are you go home empty-handed. It's important to understand why is mobile payment so successful in China? Why is it so present? The key word here is habits. The entire infrastructure in China is built around mobile payment. The companies did a pretty good job. They saw there is a need for some kind of solution. It doesn't have to be necessarily mobile payment, but it was one option and they did a pretty good job. And now Everything is built around this. Of course, for the government, it's also convenient because they could very easily control what people do. To be honest, in most cases, of course, they don't care what a private person does. But in case, they could, of course, check people's spendings, they could track them, and so it also provides a certain safety. For the companies, Tencent, Alibaba, it has huge advantages because they know what people do. They know exactly how do people spend their money? What are they doing? What are certain trends that we maybe can fulfill with our services? And in China, you have also more sharing economy. 
car sharing is more common, bike sharing is more common. You have the riding services, you have Didi, which is comparable to Uber and a lot of other examples where it's just more convenient. And in the beginning, to make people starting at all, you of course have to provide incentives. So as I said, WeChat launched this campaign, but also for instance, why would a maybe 60-year-old cab driver print out a QR code in his taxi so that people can scan it and pay for it? He could also just say, you pay cash or I, I won't give you a ride. So, of course, they offered additional incentives like discounts. And for this, you have to understand that the entire digital universe in China is all around these discounts and vouchers and special offers and so on. And now, of course, it's we are at a stage where you don't need this all the time necessarily because people will keep using it. My own experience, maybe that's interesting as well. When I came to China for the first time, it was just about people already used it broadly, but it was not as big as now yet. I could I could use it at that time because I didn't necessarily need to have a Chinese bank card. This changed in the meantime. When I was there later, I had issues because I didn't have a Chinese bank card. Now I have a bank card. Now I can use it again. And it's super convenient. So this also shows China became much stricter. In the beginning, it's really just if a friend sends you money and you give him cash, you can also use it. Now it's actually you need to you need to link your WeChat account or your Alipay to a Chinese bank card. You can use a few foreign bank cards, but most will not work. So if you are a foreigner and you don't have a Chinese bank card, it can be a bit inconvenient. I heard that China now offers some solutions for travelers because they want to make traveling as convenient as possible for foreigners as well. And if you arrive in China and you don't have mobile payment, it can be a bit troublesome sometimes. It's not like you're going to starve, you know, but a lot of places it's... Yeah, it's just not that great anymore without mobile payment. On the other hand, if you can use it, it's just great. I enjoy it as well. The big question now is why don't we have mobile payment in the West? And when I say no mobile payment, then come on guys. I mean, some people use it, but it's it's not really it's not really huge. I know a lot of shops there offer the possibility, but there's no real common way how people pay, neither in America nor in Europe. And when you ask these kind of questions, why don't people use it? Then first you should think, why would they use it? Is mobile payment necessarily better than using credit cards? I don't know. I think if the overall system is made for this and the infrastructure fits, it's awesome. But would it make my life here so much better if I use mobile payment in Europe, for instance? I'm not sure. We have very strict data protection regulations that makes it already very difficult for companies to really offer good solutions. But I think that's not the main reason. For me, the reason why we don't use it is that, well, we have credit cards anyway and mobile payment is just another way of cashless payment. But we are using credit cards and debit cards anyway for decades. So we didn't have this leapfrogging. We went from cash to bank cards. And maybe in a few decades, we also leapfrog mobile payment and use another way. But we did not really have a huge need to go for mobile payment. 
So here many people enjoy using their credit cards. They have some bonus systems. Now you can actually, you have this contactless payment. So it also became more convenient. So people say, why would I use it? And the companies, of course, there are a lot of companies, normally smaller startups, but also the big ones like Visa and MasterCard. Of course, they think about, should we introduce more mobile payment? But they probably also realize that the demand for this is not that huge. And this is why it just, yeah, it's not really that big and it hasn't really been promoted so far. Personally, if you ask me, I don't see a big change. Three or four years ago, when I was in China, I thought, wow, that's the future. That's how we also gonna pay in one or two years from now. Well, what happened? Basically nothing. We don't use mobile payment broadly and I don't see this changing that, that soon. Maybe there's a new solution, something that is either more crypto-based or something that we cannot even imagine right now that comes in the future that will change everything that we can think of so far. But I don't see mobile payment becoming that big because, yeah, I think credit cards are already a yeah satisfying solution for most of us. And unless there is a really comprehensive solution to the problem that makes a big change that offers a big advantage. I don't think there's going to be such a tremendous change. Also, you have to see that countries are quite different. There are a lot of countries, they basically only accept credit cards in the West. Uh, if you take um, Sweden, for instance, in Europe, they pay everything by credit card. Whereas my own country, Germany, we are pretty much still a cash country. So also, yeah, behavior here is different. And often... It is also the state who controls that. That's why some people now, they demonstrate against the, you know, cashless world. Because a lot of governments, they are also interested in having no cash. They can control everything. So it's going to be interesting how the future looks like. And also, it's not just the companies, also the governments, of course, that can basically interfere here and also kind of, yeah, steer this whole process and development. And last but not least, the question is, do Chinese apps have a chance? I mean, those payment apps, do they have a chance maybe to enter the Western markets? Do they have a chance in the United States, in Europe? I believe no, not the way they work right now. Definitely not. Because first of all, they are all renminbi based. So they are all in the Chinese currency. And that is one of the reasons. You want to have your own currency. You don't want to use the currency of another country right it is really a app or those are really apps that are made for mainland china you can use them abroad now but those people who use them abroad are also chinese so if you go to malaysia if you go to even in the us if you go to a lot of places in germany at some airports you can use alipay sometimes even wechat now but they are all used by mainland chinese and I don't see this changing anytime soon. Of course, what could happen is that Chinese companies collaborate with some local providers. I know that um, yeah, Alipay is working together with some German, um, not only startups, but also some companies. And there might be some collaborations where they exchange technology and um, their knowledge. But um, I don't think that a app like Alipay and WeChat, if you just copy it, will work in the West. 
if you give it a new face, if you adjust it, it might work in the future. You see this with TikTok. TikTok does not exist in China in this way. In China, it's called Douyin, and there are a couple of changes that have been made and adjustments because also China knows they cannot just you know, copy it and scatter it out and it will work automatically just because it's a great service in China. So you would have to really integrate it, give it a new face and climb all the barriers that local companies have here as well. In, there's not so much of an advantage for Chinese companies. In China, they have it because they have this acceptance and they have this habit. They build it because they had a huge need. In Europe, in America, not necessarily. And this is why I don't think that Chinese companies and apps can really dominate in this field. The future might prove me wrong. That's possible, of course. But I believe that, as I said, we pretty much stick to the behaviors here for now. And who knows what is the next solution. And of course, also in China, there might be a change at one time. You have improvements in cryptocurrency areas. You have improvements in digital currencies. Like I think now there's the electronic renminbi. So there might be developments here as well that we simply cannot anticipate right now. But I think for the next five years, there are no really tremendous changes, neither in China nor in Europe and America that change the way of mobile payment. What happens, however, is that all these applications and services, they are more and more integrated. Right now, you often have, you have a service, you have a platform, and then somehow you use them. This is going to be more and more integrated. You're going to see more and more convenient solutions. And it also means we are getting more and more used to it. So the chance that we go back to cash payment and that cash payment becomes more important again, which some people actually hope because they don't like this. They don't want others to know, especially governments, how they spend their money. The only question is, how do we use electronic and mobile payment? It's not a question whether we use it in the future. And yeah, that's going to be very interesting to watch. And of course, there are also a lot of opportunities if you want to invest in these companies because this is a enormously growing sector and lots of opportunities of course coming along as well all right that's it for today thanks for listening i hope you found this topic interesting please feel free to let me know about your opinion are you using mobile payment maybe maybe you think what is he talking about i use mobile payment in the west as well that's all right then let me know it would be um, interesting for me because i barely see people in the west using it but I'm very uh, yeah, curious about this topic and I think it's uh, very interesting to especially compare habits of people all around the world. And with that, thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Dragonfolio China podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net and sign up for the free newsletter.